3: Hey guys, it's Candice and Kayla and today is Monday, March 2nd. That is an important date
0: because tomorrow is March 3rd and March 3rd is Super Tuesday. Super Tuesday is the election day early in a United States presidential primary season when the greatest number of U.S. states hold primary elections and caucuses. More delegates to the presidential nominating conventions can be won on Super Tuesday than on any other single day. That is important. We will be deciding and participating in the decision to nominate the Democratic candidate that will be running in the 2020 election later this year.
3: And it doesn't take place in every single state. So I'm going to list what states participate in Super Tuesday. So if you live there, you need to pay attention. In Alabama, Arkansas, California, Colorado, Maine, Massachusetts, Minnesota, North Carolina, Oklahoma, Tennessee, Texas, Utah, Vermont, and Virginia. So if
0: you live in any of those states... You can go to vote.org today to look up
3: your local polling place. You can also text VOTER, that's V-O-T-E-R, to 26797 to see if you're registered. You can even register from texting that number. That number is two six seven nine seven two. Voter. Today we are talking to a powerhouse woman who started an amazing company called I Am A Voter. Mandana Dayani is joining us to talk all about voting. And she has an extraordinary life story as well. She came here as an immigrant. You guys, our interview with her is fascinating. So you're probably wondering... Okay, guys, this is a very formal
0: introduction (laughs) for your Directionally Challenged (laughs) podcast. Uh, Yeah, it is. Because we really wanted to talk about the importance of voting.
3: Uh, Kayla, why is voting important to you? I think our opinion and what we put out there is not only a... Fuck, I don't know I'm so stressed. I know. That's why we want to talk about it because it's so stressful. No, because it's one of those things where... I want to say the right thing, and I don't really know what the right thing is, and that's really hard because I think that's what's hard about voting. People are really scared to kind of have their own opinion out there to the world. It says a lot about who we are, and um, it's really a touchy subject because people are really fired up about certain things, and it just becomes complicated and mucky, but it's really important to vote. It doesn't matter what your opinion is. Just get out there and vote because your voice is worth it, and it needs to be heard why is it important to you, Candice? What is it? Why did you want to bring this up today? Because I want to educate myself on more than just like the more than just the presidential
0: vote. I think I've really focused on that growing up. I thought when I was 18 that that's what you vote for. You vote for the president of the United States. And I've totally missed out on how important it is to get involved in your local elections. And we've started we're going to be touching on this subject a little bit uh, throughout the next few episodes in this podcast um, with some other guests that we sit down with. But I I don't want to be scared to talk about politics. It doesn't mean that every dinner party has to be um, weighed down by political issues. But I also don't want that to be a negative thing. Like I realized we were, there was a group of us at dinner last fall and I just kind of hit my limit and finally started talking about like what was going on in the world because I just needed to get it off my chest and it felt so nice. And even it, it didn't turn, nothing turned into a huge debate. It was just a lovely discussion about how everyone felt about watching the news. And it felt like a relief. And Mm -hmm. I want to be able to sit down with other women, with friends and talk about the state of the world Mm -hmm. and what we can do to change it and improve it. And I don't want to be so intimidated when I look at when I go to vote and look at all the kind of local elections and And, and like the fill in the blank bubbles, I don't want to get the SAT sweats. You remember those sweats (laughs) of (laughs) Of seeing all those little bubbles and then getting so stressed out. And so then I just like turn it into a design and not really pay attention because, you know, that was easier. I don't want to take the easy way out anymore. And so we really wanted to sit down today And have this more formal discussion. Don't worry. It's still fun because Mandana is so cool. Um, I think we fangirled about her coming over for the whole half hour before she got here. um, Just because we aspire to be able to have discussions in the
3: way that she likes to discuss these important issues. And to be as educated as she is on each issue. And I think that's important. And that's why we can avoid getting the SAT sweats when we vote is to know um, ahead of time how we feel and do the research and do the work. And
0: Mandana didn't know about any of this stuff before she started I'm a Voter. Obviously, she is very
3: educated. You'll hear all about it. (laughs) She um, has had lived many lives. She does really good Brad pivots where she goes one way and then she decides, okay, I'm going to pivot and do this. And her life story is fascinating. And where she ended up with I'm a Voter is just we're we're huge fans of hers.
0: I am a Voter is a nonpartisan movement that aims to create a cultural shift around voting and civic engagement by unifying around
3: a central truth. Our democracy works best when we all participate. And what I love so much about I Am A Voter is that it's a modern voting brand that really speaks to our generation and generations to come. It's really positive and empowering, and it's more focused on what unites us. It's a brand that really captures how cool it is to be an active participant. And maybe we feel a little FOMO if we aren't voting. Because it's cool to use your voice. That's right. It's cool to put your ballot in and make your vote. So, guys, without further ado, here is our amazing interview with Mondana Dayani. And you guys, we are here with Mondana Dayani. We are so happy to have you. You've been on our list for a really long time.
4: That's really cool. (laughs) (laughs) Is it? Thanks. No, that's really exciting. Plus, I never get to hang out with you guys. So this was really the best option. (laughs) I know it's a
0: perfect way to catch up in 2020. (laughs) Just a light conversation about voting and politics to really kick off the morning. But that's what I think is so fun is we realized, Kayla and I talked a lot about, you know, we've mentioned on this podcast before that this was not something that we felt needed to be a political podcast, but we couldn't ignore what was going on in the world. But how do we talk about politics and wanting to get involved without it feeling really uncomfortable? Mm -hmm. And having gotten to know you recently, I feel like you do that really, really well. Like Mm -hmm. you make talking about politics and the world and like, and just Changing the world, issues. important issues, really fun.
3: Oh, my God. Thank you. Yeah. But before we get into all of that, you have a really interesting life story. I mean, you've literally done it all. Like, you've lived <laughs> 9,000 lives before you started I Am The Voter. So you started as a lawyer in the beginning,
4: correct? Yes. So. You went- I, I'm an immigrant and I came to this country when I was five. And, you know, when you grow up with immigrant parents that you kind of have this like, well, you can be a lawyer or a doctor because they want you to have the most stable job possible. And they like don't like blood and science. So <laughs> I naturally wanted to be a lawyer. And I really want I, I, I think I always had this idea that I would one day run for office. I you know, the irony of kind of the political landscape today is that immigrants are actually some of the most patriotic people because like you're uh, can I swear? Yes. Yes. Okay. Cause your life like fucking sucked before you came to America for the most part, right? If you're some version of a refugee. And so when you come to America, it's like, oh my God, this place saved me. And that was really how we were raised. Like we had American flags in our homes. We always talked about America and how it's the greatest place in the entire world. And this was home. And so I always felt this incredible need to give back to America. I didn't know what that meant. I was like, okay, I'll just run for office one day. Um, But then, you know, I went to law school and I got a job at a big corporate firm and that kind of just took me down a totally different path. Debt in law school does that to you as well. (laughs) (laughs) But um, I think two years in, I realized that there was no way I was going to do this forever. And I had no idea what I was going to do because... Also, I think part of the immigrant journey is like, you don't have uncles and aunts that like do all these different things. There's no, nobody in your family is like in marketing or finance or I don't know. It just, we kind of did the more traditional like engineers and doctors. And so I kind of went on this journey for a couple months to figure out what I wanted to do. And somehow I became a talent agent. (laughs) (laughs) Were you all living here in California at the time? Yeah. We moved to LA when I was about And then um, one of my clients was Rachel Zoe and I worked uh, very closely with her on launching her fashion brand and then I went in-house to launch it and I worked there about six years before I went to work uh, at a tech company and and then when my daughter was born, I think two years into the tech company, I was like, oh shit. What am I going to do with my life? I don't know why I have these moments where I just realize I do these crazy pivots. I think Mm. it's either because I feel like I've learned everything I needed to learn in one space and I feel it's time for me to learn something new. Which is incredible
3: because people will spend their lifetime in one space and feel like they haven't learned
4: everything. So... You just must compute things a lot quicker than the normal human. I don't, I don't even know if it's an attention span thing, like if I just get bored, but I like this idea and this challenge of learning new things. I, I think this, you know, you're raised to feel like you have to make all these decisions about your life when you're in college or high school. And I just, there's no way you're going to be that person for the rest mm-hmm. of your life. Like I've evolved, I've I changed every time, I've evolved every time I had children or moved or got in different, some different phase in my life. And so... I think the things I did always reflected who I was in that point or what I was really interested in. And so um, I just saw our country so divided at one point. I remember being home with my daughter and watching the news and there was just, everyone was attacking everybody. And I'm like, what happened? Like, this is the greatest country in the entire world and everyone's kind of missing it. And I just started looking into what was happening on a local level, on a federal level. And I looked at my husband and I was like, I'm gonna run for office. And mm-hmm. he's like, um, okay, except we don't live in DC and there's <laughs> literally no office for you to run for right now. <laughs> Which I guess was a barrier.
0: But knowing um, you, I would be I could see you being like, no, I'll make one. Like I'll just I'll create it. I'll oh, find one. <laughs>
4: I would have. I yeah. didn't know what to do. So I was like, okay, I advise all these different tech companies. I'm gonna advise senators. And so I started meeting with different senators and congressmen and kind of doing what I do whenever I want to figure out what I want to do, which is just asking a ton of questions. I never really ask for a job or anything. I just sit down and I'm like, I want to understand this thing because I'm just a really curious, weird nerd. And um, I just kept seeing this opportunity to excite the youth. I felt like Mm -hmm. the more you look at these numbers. So one of the statistics I read was broke my heart. And it was 64% of young voters have more fear than hope. And I was like, that's fucked up. And I didn't really understand what that meant. And we we did a lot, a lot of work. I mean, I'm jumping ahead a little bit, but you know, you looked at the statistics of voter turnout for the youth and, and this generation of millennials will be the largest and most diverse generation our country has ever had by far, like more than the baby boomers. And so that you're like, if they're diverse and they're young, like this is the hope. These are the people that are going to carry us through. That are going to fix the country that can make all the decisions. So they can they can decide every election if they showed up. And I was like, how are they not showing up? What is this barrier? I don't understand. They have so much power. And this idea, as corny as it sounds, that Every vote is the same, right? Like we all live in a world where like people with more wealth and more fame can buy more access to everything. And I'm like, no, you literally have the same vote as Beyonce. Like you guys are the same and you're not showing up. And when you, you know, I think one of the things I always took for granted was, you know, elected officials represented people. And then I realized, no, they represent voters because they want to get elected. So if you're not voting, the things that you care about are never represented in any way at the federal level or at the local level. And how can you be upset? Like, how can you march and tweet and repost things on Instagram and protest, but not actually vote for the things that you care about? And I'm a really pragmatic person. I think this is where the lawyer in me comes from. And I'm like, but the solution's so easy. Mm -hmm. It's literally right there. Like, this is it. People just have to vote. I don't understand. We don't have to like create a spaceship that goes to Mars. Like, this is the easiest solution possible. And it's not at all now that I do it. But it just was like, a layup. What are you talking about? We're there. We're like capable. We can do it. I don't understand what, and we're just not.
0: (laughs) Is it, but in your experience of now (laughs) learning about this entire voting process, why do you think people aren't showing up? Is it because they can't get there? Is it because they don't feel inspired?
4: They don't know who to vote for. They're just pissed off. So the majority of the youth will say they think politics are corrupt and they don't trust politicians. They don't see, any, they don't see anything getting done. By the way, I don't blame them. Like you look at DC, yeah. it's a shit show, right? Nothing looks like it's ever getting done. It's just people fighting all day. So why would you feel invested in that process? But, it, you know, I was make this comment, but it's like, you can't just sit things out because they suck. You know, mm-hmm. it doesn't, you have to at least try to fix it or move it forward or make it better. And... You know, I understand the frustration. I think they don't feel informed. They don't know who to vote for. I mean, when you go into a voting booth and you look at a ballot, it's very complicated. Um, And I... I also think they think it's kind of lame and it's like going to the DMV.
3: I've also heard that, you know, people who live in, let's just use California, for example, because that's where we are, um, it's a blue state. And so they're like, well, it doesn't matter what my vote is. It's going to end up being blue anyway. So what what's the point of voting, right? So I think a lot of people, that's just one example. Yeah. But I think a lot of people feel like they just don't, it, like, what's the point of voting if it's already, quote unquote, decided?
4: With, well, I mean, I think... Well, first of all, I mean, like right now we're going to choose the candidate, right? So this comes out the day before Super Tuesday, Mm -hmm. which is when California gets to go and vote for the presidential primary, that you're voting for the person that you think can potentially beat Trump if that is your goal, right? So that does matter. It doesn't matter that it's California. Like you have to fight for the candidate who represents the values that you want. But it's not just that. I mean, there's, you know, there's policies about reforming our prisons, gay rights, you know, welfare education, I mean, even police brutality, any of the things, criminal justice reform, any of the things that you care about almost always are voted on at a local level. And so the people that are showing up are having their voice represented. I mean, there are there are measures on the ballots every day, every year, every cycle about affordable housing, about all these issues that all of us care about or we think we care about, environmental protections, emissions, all of the things that we say we care about. And they get decided on whether we show up or not. And so I understand the burden of having to do the research. And I mean, you can either divide it with your friends. I mean, we've done that before where we're like, okay, each one of us takes a measure. We know we kind of and make a case and we sit down and we go through it. And we're like one person kind of presents how we think we should vote on a prop or a person, or a judge, I mean, your sheriff. Like, these things are really important. (laughs) That's a really great idea. You make almost like a a party out of
3: it with your friends, where you sit down and debate, like, different sides of the propositions and then figure out your yeah. your opinion
4: on it. Like everyone was responsible for vetting one part so it was mm-hmm. it was the judges or you know the superintendent and like I mean who who's in charge of your schools? I mean mm-hmm. these things really matter and you mm-hmm. can't just think like oh we're going to are, are we're going to go blue for the president. That is not necessarily the only and most important part of an election. And so, I mean, there's that and there's also like fine like-minded people. So the LA Women's Collective, I love. And so I always look at their sample ballots and then I kind of look, that's usually my starting point and then I'll research their position and see if I agree with it or not. But I think there's so many people that do that work too, that if there are people that you think represent your values, you can look to to help Mm -hmm. guide some of the voting.
0: I just wish when I was 18 that this was explained to me. I think that's the hardest. part for me to digest all this information now is I always knew how important it was to vote for the president. Like that was the, the thing that I was told, like when you're 18, you get to vote, but that was it. That's all I was expected or thought I'd be voting for. And now I'm just, you know, my eyes are opening super wide of like, Oh no, there are a lot of important local decisions that need to be made that we need to be showing up for. And is this something that you always were really passionate about? Or did you have to learn that along the way of, realizing like, oh, we need to start here.
4: Yeah. Well, I mean, becoming a citizen um, was a big deal for me. So I, I didn't, I didn't just have it. So I think once I got the right to vote, it was very important for me, but I don't think I understood how important it was. And even until I really started diving into all this stuff and seeing, you know, the, the border separation was something that was really, really, really hard for me. I mean, literally saw the most migrant families being separated. And I got on a plane and I just went to Texas. I had no idea what I was going to do there. Like I just showed up and I was like, I need to see this because there was no part of my like brain that could compute what was happening to these families. You know, when we came to America, it was so scary. I mean, we came here, we didn't speak English. You show up in New York and there's all these bright lights and all these people in cars and it's terrifying. And I just held my mom's arm and I was like, okay, this is going to be okay. I have my mom. And to think that someone would take that sense of security from these really vulnerable people at that point in their lives is it is the worst violation I could possibly imagine. And the apathy towards it was mind boggling. Like, are you guys kidding? Like we all studied Japanese internment. We've all learned like, what are you guys, Mm -hmm. you guys are just sitting here like eating Cheetos, watching the news. I don't understand. And it was making me crazy. And I couldn't understand the lack of participation. I didn't understand how, like I didn't look out the window and just see thousands of people lined up in the streets. Um, And I realized they just don't know people aren't informed and they don't have enough access to information about what they can do. And I think, you know, I, I think I started this process like even more cynical than I am today. You know, when we started, I'm a voter, it was really like 20 women that came together to start the movement and we had no idea if anyone was going to support us. We had no idea if anyone was going to show up, and people did in in incredible ways. And you realize, like, if you if you ask people for help, if you give them information, they want to participate. You know, and not everyone has to lead. There's enough incredible people who are kind of lead, leading that you can just support and learn from, and then you lead. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I don't know. I don't know that I ever went into this thinking I was going to start like a voting campaign, (laughs) but it just felt like the more you looked at the numbers and the more you looked at everything, the only path forward was, was just participation. Mm -hmm. So we did a ton of work on the 2018 election and that was really when we launched. And then we were like, oh my God, this had the highest turnout of millennials in the last quarter century. This is amazing. We were so proud of ourselves, and then we actually got the number, and it was only thirty-one percent. Do you know how insane that is? That that was the highest youth turnout, and it was thirty-one percent for a midterm. So you're like, if that was a hundred percent, I think it's like, what is it? Every two years, seven million Americans turn eighteen. If these people registered and voted, then the issues that they care about, which are you know, environment, gun safety would be the top two issues that every politician would talk about all day. But they're not talking about the issues that the youth cares about because the youth isn't voting. They're talking about the issues that they know, like, the older sectors are going to care about because they're the ones that are voting. Yeah, I've never even thought about that. So how do we get the youth to vote? It feels so... (laughs) I mean, so when we launched this campaign, it was like, okay, I think that part of what I felt like there was an opportunity to do was, you know, I looked at a lot of the other voting campaigns and they were doing incredible work on voter registration. And we really wanted to work with those organizations and try to create this extra layer of voter turnout. Like how do we inspire the youth to think about voting as something really cool and really aspirational and really like an integral part of who they are as a person, you know, and which is really kind of why we focused on that identity piece. It also creates accountability when you say I'm a voter, like you kind of have to vote or you're an asshole, but, (laughs) um, you know, it's like <laughs> we also wanted to just. You know, I remember like Bumble was actually one of the the first partners that activated, and so they sent a notification out to all forty million users and said, "Like, are you a voter? Add this badge to your next to your name on your profile." And I was like, "If we can create a universe where like you don't want to date a non voter, mm-hmm. that would be amazing." Like, I want to <laughs> be a voter. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of like smoking. You know how you just are like, "Oh, really?" Um, and and i think these are little things to much bigger things that we're doing like we're working on television programming and commercials and radios and ads and sweatshirts and hoodies and whatever all these random ways of trying to get people to engage with a brand um and and this idea that being a voter is really cool mm-hmm. um but i honestly i have no i don't i mean we're all trying yeah. our best I, it's it is so hard for someone like me who's just so rational mm-hmm. about things to be like there's a solution that's just sitting there yeah and well, it doesn't cost anything What's
0: great about when you do go to I am a voter um, online, you could, it's just all the facts and it's just about registering how to find your local election, like when the local elections are, how to research everything, a bunch of other organizations that you can visit to, to research candidates. And it's that simple. It's not polarizing. It's, there's no chat rooms for people to fight because there's nothing to fight about. It's just getting out there and using your own voice and your judgment on who you want to see as an elected official
4: Mm. we you know to your point we i mean we really decided very early to kind of stay above the political noise it just felt like there was so much noise and so many people were kind of telling you what to do and we were like we don't want to do that we want to give you the information and we just want you to participate do it however you want to do it this doesn't have to be the platform where you have to argue about it we don't have to talk about the politicians it's really just about civic participation Mm -hmm. Um, and then we created this text platform. So if you text voter to 26797, then you can check to see if you're registered. You can register. And then you get all of your reminders forever. So you have someone text you. It'll tell you, hey, your poll- your voting day is this day. Here's your polling location and everything you need to know. And it'll kind of help keep you engaged for all elections, local and federal. Will you repeat that for our listeners? Yes. yes. Um, text voter to 26797. Awesome. And so, I mean, for us, like that converted really well. Like we saw a really great engagement with people on the text platform. It's so easy to start it. Um, And then it's just so easy to keep you on the platform and engaged. Um, And then it's kind of the thing that like everyone can do. So we just give that tool that text number to everyone and we're like put it at the bottom of your menus put it on your receipts put it at the you know throw it on like a card in your packages when you're shipping out whatever it is from your e-commerce site it's kind of meant to be the tool that everyone can use so you can go and register people yourself like uh, we don't need to do it do we
3: know why someone isn't just automatically registered to vote when they turn 18 it's a great question Um, (laughs)
4: it's a state issue okay
3: so some states do it, some don't, or mm. I, I just think it seems I like such an easy fix that when you turn 18, you automatically I, are registered
4: to vote. I think New York does that now. I can't remember. One of the states does. Okay. That's wild though. I've never thought I of that, of why that's another hurdle
0: that people have to jump over. They have over. to
3: register to vote. Like, well, when, that's uh,
0: even what we were talking about today, Kayla and I were mentioning that it's crazy that people are expected to be able to go out and vote, but, um, they have a job or they've got children or they've got a life and it's like there should be, flexibility within that. I mean, I know that there is for like mail-in ballots and, and stuff yes, like that. But
3: there is buzz around making election day a holiday. And I think we should absolutely do this. Like, there are so There's, many holidays out there that, you know, maybe ne- we don't necessarily need the day off of work. Election day should absolutely be a day. National Margarita Day absolutely needs percent. to be a day.
4: <laughs> no, that'll be second <laughs> in line. Second in line.
3: No, but it is crazy that yeah, and there are um, amazing companies that give their employees the day off, or at least a, you know a longer lunch to vote you know? Yeah. So,
4: I mean, any, by the way, anyone who's listening that is a brand or a partner or anyone that wants to work with us, email me or go through I'm a voter and we can figure out a way for you to activate with your audiences. Um, the other thing that we always ask and promote is kind of internal responsible voting. So if you are a company and you, or you employ or one person or a thousand people, it's, you know, we have kind of the guideline for how to encourage registration, time off requirements so that people can vote, creating an environment where people know they're not going to get fired if they have, if it takes them a while to go vote mm-hmm. wherever their voting location is. So there is that, I mean, to your point, that, that is something that we do need to encourage that does need to feel like a safe thing to do. Um, but I also, I mean, again, I'm not trying to make this political, but I do think that, that what you're saying is a reflection of the bigger issue, which is like there are some factions of people that don't want people to vote mm-hmm. because it doesn't go their way. And so the the biggest form of resistance to that is actually voting. Mm-hmm. You hear that, guys? You're going to retaliate by
3: voting. So do it. We're
0: going to take a quick break. We'll be right back in just a minute.
1: Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com.
5: Moonpig.com Even when
1: we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods
3: we're back.
0: I want to go back a little bit, um, to what you were saying about just different life moments where you just had a huge life pivot. Um, that's kind of been an under like a little theme happening with a lot of our episodes Mm -hmm. and our guests we're sitting down with are getting to a certain point in their life where they're just completely shifting careers, changing careers, and it's working out beautifully. And, uh, at what point when you were starting, I'm a voter. Where did you start? Like, who was the first person that you called? I know you said you got together with a group of women, but you also started sitting down with yeah. a lot of people I mean, in politics as well.
4: I think with all of my shifts, because they've been quite drastic, I think I always went into a new job kind of not knowing anything about it (laughs) or having any real sense of how I was going to do it. Um, I do believe that if you're passionate and you have common sense, you can do anything you want to do. I don't, I I don't, like even when I interview and I've hired so many people throughout my jobs, I don't necessarily care that much about the work experiences I do, them coming in the room and being extremely passionate and well-researched and, and having like some form of a vision for what they want to build or why this is so important to them. Um, And if I can figure out their ability to just navigate and solve problems in an interview, that to me is so much more important than the relevant experience that they had. Um, But I would say every time I've taken a shift, it started with trying to have at least some form of self-awareness that I'm not happy or I'm not, you know, what I've done made sense for like however many years in the past and I don't necessarily see myself doing this in the future. And it is scary when you realize that place, because there's some sense of security in being where you are. Um, but I um, I usually start with research. I start, uh, you know, it's so hard to know what you want to do because you don't really know what other people do. I mean, you think you do, but you yeah. don't, right? <laughs> like, I, I don't know what it means to have A huge subset of these jobs. Like, I I remember my first time sitting down with someone being like, I don't know, you're an editor. Like, Mm -hmm. what is, I don't know what that means. You edit something? Are you good at reading? Are you a writer? Like, I don't, you don't actually even understand what some of these jobs mean. So, going and doing some of that research, I would email and stalk people on LinkedIn or find someone I knew who knew someone and reach out to that person and say, like, I swear I'm not asking you for a job. Can I just take you to coffee? And I would sit down with people and I would ask them, A hundred questions about like what they do, what makes them good at what they do, what kind of people they look for. And I, you know, you kind of get a better sense of like, I would be so bad at that, Mm -hmm. or that sounds amazing. And I remember my, you know, my first pivot from law to entertainment, but I sat down with this guy and he started telling me what he did, which was a commercial talent agent. I didn't know what that was. And... I was obsessed with brands. I was obsessed with fashion. I did so much licensing as a lawyer. And when he was like, oh, and I started, you know, bringing on these fashion clients and now we're going to try to build like these businesses around them using their IP. And I was like, I want to do that. Can I come to your office on Monday? And he was like, what do you mean? I was like, can I just come to your office on Monday? You don't have to pay me. I just want to see what you're going to, what you do. And then if you think I'm valuable, then you can hire me. And I just showed up at his, not joking. I literally just showed up to his office on Monday. Um, But uh, that mean that introduced me to so many things I had no idea existed, and same thing with Rachel when she was like, "Do you want to come launch this fashion brand?" I was like, "Of course." I had I knew nothing about how to launch a fashion God, that's brand. that's so brave. There's this like innate
3: thread through all of this of such bravery and like putting yourself out on the line and just figuring it out as you go and belief within yourself that you're going to be able to figure it out and do it. And you clearly have multiple times.
4: I think that's the immigrant hustle. There's just <laughs> like, you just kind of have to figure shit out when you are thrown into a situation that you don't know anything about and have no money or what, you know, yeah. other people to guide you. Um But I was going to ask if
0: that was something that your parents taught you when you were growing up, like you got to figure it out or ask questions, don't be afraid. Or is it something that you think that you just kind of had within yourself?
4: I I, I think it was just like a the circumstances. It was just like we were here and there's a, like a survival, you know, part of it that's, you're just like, I have to figure shit out. I have to figure out how I'm going to get to college and school. And they will get, you know, my parents were incredibly supportive and drove education and gave us all like the love and nurture that we needed and really instilled this idea. Like you have to work really, really hard to succeed Mm -hmm. and to kind of earn your way through life. Um, but I, I really think it was that hustle of trying to figure out like, how do you pay for school? How do you get into school? Like, how do you make these relationships that guided a lot of my ability to just say like, fuck it. Why not? Um, it's scary. I'm not going to lie, but it's really exciting. And and you learn so much. I mean, every single one of those meetings I took, by the way, even if I didn't do anything with that person like that also became one extra relationship I had in my career throughout the rest of my career. Those are people that I'm still friends with that I can reach out to that are really helping guide me or my friends. Um, and it really helped me broaden my understanding of just like the world. It's really fun. I know it sounds really nerdy. I am nerdy. So, but it, it is like a, I would say a very helpful exercise as people try to pivot through life. Mm-hmm. You seem like you have such a vast
3: Rolodex of people. Um, are you one of those people that is able to respond to every
4: email and text by the end of the day? Or do you kind of prioritize that? It's a great question. I'm one of those like if I don't respond in five seconds, I don't respond at all mm-hmm. people. I, don't, I also don't understand how like 400 iterations of the iPhone you can't mark a text unread. I don't understand this. This is the one thing that that makes me insane. It doesn't, I don't understand it, but that's a whole other issue. Um, Apple, are you listening? (laughs) It like actually makes me crazy. I have a lot of lists. Um, I would say, I don't know. Um, I I am good with emails. It's hard now with two kids and I'm a voter has kind of taken over my life Mm -hmm. and in the best way possible. So I'm traveling a little bit more. I'm speaking a lot more. Which makes it harder to just like sit at a desk and respond to my emails. Um, But yes, it is very important for me to make it through my. I don't know that I do it that day, Mm -hmm. but by the weekend, I try to be caught up on things. Do you relax? How do you come down from all of this? I watch
3: horrible television. like Amazing. Tragically. Everyone has something. No, but you have to have a, a, a way to turn off, turn your brain off, especially when you kind of live every day like a superwoman I don't and you know. do that. No, but you also have kids and like there's the, there's a million things going on and you are changing the world. So to know that that you can sit down and kind of shut your brain off. I mean, it's
4: important to know what we need to yeah. replenish. I eat like a 12 year old. Um Cheetos. Yes. I mean, I need my dog (laughs) Cheeto, so that's probably (laughs) telling. Um, But I, yeah, I don't know. I watch a lot of terrible television with my husband because he likes it too, which is great. (laughs) um, I watch a lot of Disney stuff with my kids. We dance a lot, me and the girls. We paint and do weird things. We're really weird and I don't know. Yeah. No, but I watch a lot of tragically bad reality shows. I think that there's a lot of important life lessons in tragically bad reality shows. Also, though, like last night, I was so sad about certain political things and I went in bed and I watched Gilmore Girls and I was like Mm. so happy I I can't believe I had not thought of doing that earlier. (laughs) I think
3: we need more television like that, the feel-good television that kind of just reminds you why you do it all in the first place. One of my favorite things about
0: I'm a Voter is how you told me when you guys launched um, the route that you took that everything kind of fell into place. It happened very quickly, and it was not how you would necessarily anticipate like having like a big launch. Um, can you talk about fashion week a few years ago and how that all came together and how all of a sudden, uh, you had, um, an organization essentially. Yeah.
4: So when I, you know, after doing all that research into kind of the, the opportunity in politics, I sent an email one day to like 20 of the smartest women I've ever known and was like, can you guys meet on Sunday? And a lot of, almost all of them said yes, which I still find surprising. And then we all met on Sunday and that was really when we all started working on this campaign. And it was really about thinking about politics in a very different way. It was like, let's think about it. Like we do about all the brands that we work on, like it's a a, Justin Bieber. I don't know. Like, this is the sexiest thing in the entire world. How do we get everyone to want to do it? And so that kind of helped frame a lot of how we talked about marketing voting and thinking about voting as something that's really elevated. And a couple months later, CA joined um, as one of our founding partners and really helped give us like a big part of the infrastructure that we needed and funding and, um, and DBA did too, actually. And so we all continued to meet. We developed, we started working on these PINs that were awesome. Actually, DBA helped us get. And um, it was fashion week. And you know a lot of us come from fashion and entertainment backgrounds. And so Tiffany, who's one of my partners, and I went to New York. And we were we had just gotten the pins like two days before. And so we were like, okay, let's just throw them into these like horrible looking Ziploc plastic bag things. And we just started texting all of our friends. We had no idea we were launching. We had no intention of launching um, but we were like, let's just start getting it out there. And so, and they were little black square,
0: uh, pins that you'd pin onto your clothes that said, I am a voter in white writing.
4: Yes. And yes. they were metal and there's kind of, they're like a chic, I think as a pin can get. I know exactly what, I <laughs> mean, I know just from watching fa- the fashion blogs and what it looked like. And so we, we texted like all of our friends that were stylists and or, or influencers and said, can you just drive by the Greenwich hotel and grab a bag? And they said yes. Again, I was always shocked that people just kept saying yes. Also, asking
3: someone to drive by a hotel in New York is a big, tall order. I know. a lot of people did
4: it. I was shocked. And so people just kept coming by and they were grabbing these pins of like 20, 50 pins and they were going around and they were pinning people who were sitting front row fashion shows, taking pictures of them, posting them, like walking into the Harper's party and the refinery party and throwing them on tables. And then all of a sudden they were just everywhere. And then someone got a shirt to someone. I have no idea. The next day we were in page six and Hollywood Reporter, and it was like this new voting campaign launched, and we were like, "Wait, uh, what?" <laughs> and then um, Sophia Bush and Deborah Messing, who were kind of there since day one, um, posted a photo of the pin in their mouth. I, no one gave them this creative direction, by the way. And they were like, "They both decided the same creative <laughs> yeah. direction." I don't even know. By the way, that's a good are question. Are they friends? Did yes, they, decide they are this? friends, okay. but I don't know that they like plan. I really don't, <laughs> don't know how that happened. But they um, and they were like, "Hey." if you want a pin, DM Mandana. <laughs> oh my God. So we're like in fashion week. And then I get home and I open my computer and they were like, I'm not kidding you, 2000 DMs. And I love a spreadsheet. So I just sat there and started typing all their names and their addresses. And then I was like, uh, CA, you have a mailroom. And they were like, let's do it. And their, their mailroom and their team packed, like, I don't even know how many bags of little voter pins and cards and then just kind of sent them to everyone and we like people all over the country i think it was all 50 states were getting these pins from ca which was like kind of cool
3: <laughs> so the logistics of that too it, you did you just drive over all the
4: pins and we're like hey can you mail these out like the dba who made them sent them to ca okay. um but and then we were working on all these corporate partners, so then they started launching, like oh. Urban Outfitters and Bumble and some Vice. Um, th- those campaigns started launching right after that, okay. um, and we kind of had planned to launch with like the media shutdown that we were doing. That Vice kind of came up with; they were a creative agency that season, um, and it was an amazing campaign, and it did super well, and it was great. But this this was not very the unexpected. Yeah. It was really fun. Um,
0: you mentioned these 20 women that you've brought together and that you are surprised that they showed up, um, but that you admire a lot. What do you admire about them? Had they, are these mentors of yours? Do you have mentors that you call on a more regular basis?
4: Yes. All of those things. So, um, I, I mean, all of these women are Far smarter and more accomplished than me. And I think that I always say my greatest contribution to the campaign was just like getting these people into a room. And then that's kind of where the magic happened. And they all really divided and figured it out and came up with so many ideas and leveraged all these insane relationships they had. Um, And that really I think propelled us forward. And and it's funny because we've all become so close and we help each other in business and with friendships. And we've like there's so much magic that has come out of these women getting together. And it's really one of those lessons that I think I've learned that I always pass on to other people is like just start meeting with other women. And it's incredible what happens. Like you start talking about things you want to do. You start coming up with ideas. You start coming up with plans. You all take one little step together and host one little thing. And then it just keeps moving forward and forward and forward and forward. And that's really where you personally start feeling the progress. I think I I always come across talking to people who feel like there's so much they want to do and they don't know where to start or they think they're going to make no difference. And it's just not true. I mean, Literally anything is better than nothing. So just doing one thing is a huge step, but it's really that first step, like sending, it's like the job. It's like that first email you send, now you're in it, now you're looking for a job. But everyone, it's it's just getting people comfortable taking that first step or surrounding themselves with other people who really inspire them. Um, when we were launching the campaign, um, Deborah and I were actually together. We were talking about how do we build kind of a more ground movement so we can register people. And she asked me who I felt like we could learn that from. And I was like, I don't know, Shannon Watts. I mean, Shannon, you have to understand, to me is like God. Like she's a superhero of the century. And so... And like, well, we should ask her. And I was like, okay. I mean, that's like sure. saying like, I want to design a dress. I'm going to call Tom Ford. Like that doesn't really happen. Because so, Shannon Watts started Moms Demand
0: Action, like the largest for our listeners that might not know who she is. We've also had her on the podcast before, but it's the largest grassroots movement. I mean, it, she's ever. Yeah. Yes.
4: And, um, So I I I guess Deborah DM'd her on Twitter. I don't know. I she didn't even tell me this. So I'm like five days later. I'm at the airport and my phone rings and I'm with the kids and Peter and um my I answer the phone and she's like, "Hi, it's Shannon Watts." I swear to you, (laughs) I could not breathe. I like dropped my suitcases, just walked away. No idea where my kids were. Thank God Peter was there. And I was so nervous. I was so excited. And she's like, "So what's this thing we're building?" And I was like, "What?" <laughs> and I was like, "Well, I, I, I'm at the airport. Can I go?" <laughs> back? Um, and then I, I called her a couple of days later, and we, you know, I kind of walked her through what I was thinking, what I felt like the opportunity was, and you know, I think one of the most amazing things about Shannon is she really does believe like women will save the world. Like she thinks women are going to be the answers to everything. And it, I mean, when you look at all the data about like women who run for office, they do so much more than than men. Um, But Shannon was just like that validating voice I needed that was like, you got this, you were meant to do this, like, don't think about this, just keep going. Like, and it was, it was so helpful. And so she was really one of my mentors through the whole process. I would text her all the time and ask her weird questions. And um, she was so helpful. And growing
3: up, did you have someone who inspired you to when you were going through your pivots, your career pivots that were so pivotal to who you are? Was there someone who kind of helped you through
4: those processes or was it just you in your head going, I got this? Um, my, this is another weird thing to say. So one of our family friends, this guy, Jeff McDermott told me very early, I met him through my husband and he said, build your own board of directors. I was like, what does that even mean? He's like, find like a group of people who you think are really smart and represent like a diverse way of thinking and ask them if they'll be your personal board of directors, which I thought was really weird. Um, but it kind of is what happened. I, I really assembled like a group of people that I would regularly reach out to for advice on things. And um, I think that was helpful in guiding me through a lot of it. I, I would say like there are certain family members who guided me through a lot of motherhood. Um, but yeah, there were a lot of different mentors, I would say, for different phases of my career. And my husband, by the way, was probably my biggest cheerleader and like the person that keeps me the most grounded. <laughs> And calls me out on my bullshit every 11 seconds. <laughs> which so. is important. We all
3: need that too. Oh my God. I don't know what
4: I would do <laughs> until then. How long have you guys been married now? 10 years in June. Oh, yeah, Which is so weird. Isn't that crazy?
0: No, I still think I'm like tw- a 20 years I old. Know. I don't understand. Every time when you're like, we got to get the youth out there to vote. I'm like, I know I'm going to try. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm not the youth anymore. That's Mm-mm. not how it works. We're, we're the grownups now. But what is the youth? When, they, mm. when we're looking at the statistics of the youth are we talking about like millennials or
4: gen z or i always mix these up so gen z is 18 to 23 and when we talk about the youth i think it goes up to like 39 i we have this like we do like, i'm very close to my family and we always do these big like shabbat dinners and holiday parties and there's always like an adult table and a kid's table mm-hmm. and like two months ago i like took my plate and i sat down with all my little cousins and they were like why are you sitting here And I was like, I'm not at the kids' table anymore. (laughs) I was gutted.
0: (laughs) What does your family think of I'm a voter?
4: Um, they're really proud. I mean, I would say it was very weird to tell my parents, I don't even know how long ago it was, that I was going to stop practicing law because they were like, I don't understand. That's the American dream. You did it. Why are you leaving? Um, But they've now become a little bit more used to kind of, I think, my curiosity and my drive. And um, I think they're really proud. You know, it. I don't know that they totally understood at the beginning, but now they do. My daughter, Andy, is obsessed with it. She's five. So she comes with me and registers people and comes to all of like when I meet presidential candidates and ask them questions. And she's so curious and, and is really, really engaged. And I think my family also kind of loves seeing that dynamic.
0: For our listeners, who what's the first step? What's step one that they can do? To educate themselves on, obviously tomorrow is Super Tuesday for a handful of states that we discussed in the opening of this uh, podcast episode, but what can they do to educate themselves to get ready for tomorrow, essentially?
4: So I would, I would say use the text tool. So text voter to 26797. Make sure that you're registered make sure you know your polling location. Um, You can also look up your sample ballots. You should look up all the candidates. I mean, they will all kind of present to you if you don't know, if you're not familiar with them, what it is that they stand for and what policies are of most importance to them. And so think about the couple of issues that really, really matter to you and then see which candidate reflects who you are. Don't worry about who you think is going to win. That's not, that's not what you're doing right now. Right now you are showing up for the vision of America that you believe someone represents. And that is the most important thing that you can do is support that vision. And then, you know, you'll kind of get through the primaries and you'll see who the candidate is and you'll decide which political party you align with and you'll vote for that person. But it's, you know, today I would say your responsibility is thinking about like the version of America that you really want to see. Um, and then, start thinking about, you know, there will be different depending on the states. I think there's a bunch that are going to be part of super Tuesday. There will be other things that are on those ballots. Um, and just do the research. I, 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 there's no part of me that's saying like, it's super chill and easy. It's not, it takes time, but it's worth your time. Mm -hmm. And And you guys
3: talk to your friends about it too. Make sure you like, you know, talk about these issues because yes, it's cool to talk about like, you know, Justin Bieber and like what just happened in the news and like Haley and like their wedding, whatever, but also make sure you talk about the important things that are happening in the world because you are the future.
4: Yeah. I mean, climate change, I mean, again, we're not to bring it down to issues, but is very, very, very real. And it affects the youth more than it's ever going to f- affect any other generation because this is the world that they're going to inherit. And not every candidate is prioritizing that right now. So it, you have to be aware of who is taking those positions. Like there are some candidates that don't have the greatest position on gun safety and some that have better ones. And there's certain issues, I mean, immigration that are really important. So I, again, I think that you have to vote if you want the things that you care about to be represented. And it, it's, it's a habit you start. Like you just, you have to start now and then you'll vote and you'll vote and you vote in every election cycle and then you're a voter. I Mindana, mean, how do, if our listeners are at a, a
3: work and they want to ask for more time to vote, how do they go to their employer and ask for
4: that? Is there a good way to do that? Yeah. Literally just say, hi, tomorrow's election day. I'm going to go vote. I, depending on what time I'm done, I'll, I'll, cause polling locations open at like seven in the morning in most places. So just go early go before work. And if you're late, I, I dare them to give you shit call me if they do i will i will be your lawyer for free DM her she'll send you a pin <laughs> and be your lawyer for free yeah. um no i mean it's you just vote those are like bar- small barriers that will overcome but you should, its again it's just like developing the habit. Like you just have to start doing it and you should share with people when you do it, like post a picture of it and be excited and help inspire other people to do the same thing. I mean, I I think it's one of those behaviors that we have to continue to model for other people. And the more you show your enthusiasm about this, you'll inspire other people to do it. It's not a political issue. I don't know why people are so afraid of getting political. It's so weird to me. It's, I understand the importance of social media, obviously, um, and selling the products that you sell and doing the things that you do. But like saying that you vote or saying that you care about an issue or saying that you support a presidential candidate is just one other form of self-expression. And, and if your community can't support what your values are, then that they shouldn't be your community. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I just think it's crazy to think that you have to create this contrived community that can't actually support your fundamental values um, and that you're going to live this like, Diluted version of yourself to please people you literally don't know um, is is honestly insane to me.
3: Well said.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, I think you've inspired our listeners today. You've definitely inspired us. I mean, too. you're a
3: force. Thank yes. you for coming on you today. You are really
4: yes. nice. <laughs>
3: We're not. Okay. Maybe a little. Yeah. But still. Uh, where can our listeners find
0: you? Um, where they can go to at I'm a voter on Instagram. Correct?
4: Yes. Mandana Dayani on Instagram or at the Glenn Center where I'm usually with my kids. And- <laughs> <laughs> we'll have all those links in the show notes, you guys. So anything you
3: want to know, if you don't remember what to text, we'll have that for you. Um, make sure you click on all the links and make sure you get out and vote. Yeah. Thank you, Mandana. Thank, Thank you, you, guys. It's just Thanks so fun. So we love you. Well, wow. I'm taking away a lot from our interview with Mandana. She's truly exceptional. I mean, I know I usually on this podcast
0: say, don't meet your heroes. Mm. But I guess we should start like keeping in contact and trying to meet our heroes. Um,
3: yeah. And maybe have a Rolodex of our heroes and create a board of directors of our heroes and constantly call them up and maybe meet on a Sunday and start a company called I Am A Voter. <laughs>
0: I know. Mondana is definitely a fierce female hero in my eyes. Um, Also, we did a little bit of research once Mondana left and there are 16 states and the District of Columbia that have approved automatic voter registration. Yes. So that's cool. Um, so you guys should look up in your state and see if you have automatic voter
3: registration. Um, that's a bonus. And I think it happens maybe when you get your driver's license or you do something at the DMV and it's an option. So it, they cre- it makes it a lot easier and more accessible, which is a great thing. Um, you know, 16 states is great. It's still not every state. So we still have a lot of work to do. But um, exciting and steps forward. We're progressing, which is good. Um, I don't know about you, but I feel like I want to become more informed in a lot of different areas of my life. Mandana just came here and was such a force and knew so many facts and just knew um, her belief system and everything that backed it. And it made me realize that I want to be more like that. The power
0: of a simple, just small session set aside to
3: research a
0: topic. I mean, if I find a dress that I like and I go on that website and I've decided that there is a discount code somewhere on the internet, I will find that discount code, search high and low to get my five or 10% off. Um, So maybe I can put some of that time and some of that effort into learning about what's going on locally and why I should vote for a local candidate or a local council person. Mm -hmm. Um, That does not seem to be like it would be too much of a trouble. And I think I'd feel a lot better about it. Yeah. And definitely not a waste of your time. At all. Did you feel like this in your 20s at all? Do you think do you, I hope that the younger generation starts to feel a sense of urgency? I mean, I feel like I feel more inspired by watching the younger generation speak up on the environment and
3: mm-hmm. gun safety laws, because um, I didn't feel any of that. Growing up. Yeah, I don't know if things have gotten more extreme or we have more access to everything because of social media. Um, because we didn't necessarily have that when you and I were, you know, in our teens. Hanging in the AIM chat room. Exactly. Um, but I do think there's a more awareness all around um, in 30 somethings, but also 20s, and then people that are young up-and-comers. And we just have to make sure everyone gets out there to actually have their voice heard. Um, because opinions are great and we all want to have them, but we need to make sure that we act on those. And that's what I think Mandana does so. So eloquently is just inspires people to do that. Because the solution is right there in front of us.
0: It is that simple. It is that simple. And what's great is that this is not a partisan issue. It's not this is only something you can do if you believe this or if you believe that. It's no, this is you using your own voice and taking the opportunity to embrace a right that we have Mm -hmm. in this country. We have the right to vote. people into office. We have the right to have a say in who our elected officials are. That is incredible. That is an honor. That is a liberty. Mm -hmm. And we can't continue to ignore that. I don't want to continue to ignore that. I've ignored that. I've taken that for granted. I've taken advantage of that. I've decided that it was not my responsibility, that it was for other people. Mm. And I don't want to be
3: ignorant to that anymore. I don't want to feel that. Well, and it was not that long ago that even women couldn't vote. So it is our right now and we need to take it and run with it and continue to have people we believe in in office changing the world because it is just that simple. So you guys, I hope you feel really inspired to get out there and have your voice heard. Make sure to talk about it with your friends. Make sure this is an issue that um, is brought up more often than not. And um, let's do it. Let's do it together. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Directionally Challenged We love you guys, and um, we'll see you next week. Get out there and vote.
0: Yes.